Hi, friend. Uh, this is Eric Pabone, and I'm here to talk to you about art of Eric Pabone. That's what I do. You may be familiar with some of my work. Um, you know, I've drawn some weird shit for Tom and Dan, semantics, just generally for people around town. Or you might be familiar with my work from this show, where my co-host Joe uh, makes weird fucking commission requests all the time. You can make weird fucking commission requests. That's right. Hit me up. Uh, visit artofericpabone.com or find me on social media at artofericpabone. And I would be happy to, for money, of course, draw anything your twisted heart desires. Again, that's artofericpabone.com. Yeah! Hit up Eric for some art requests. Um, like, if you want to see a banyan tree doing something. Something <laughs> sexual? I ran out of steam there on that one, but... I know. So to answer uh, Doug's question from part one in the episode, Death Dealer actually was a comic book character. Really short run in the comics. Okay. Uh, made his debut in Master of Kung Fu in 1982. And made his final appearance in Master of Kung Fu, uh, Master of Kung Fu like three issues later. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Nice. So I mean, he was a cool character for a minor character in the movie. He's a cool character. I dig the Kabuki and, and all. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know, you know the name. I just called it Kabuki Dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously, reminded me of Scooby Doo for some reason. <laughs> um, so, uh, when we last left, they they were caught by their dad, and they're going back home. And on the way to the compound, uh, Shu and Katie are now in Shu's room talking about how she survived. Um, and she decided, like, if she wasn't going to be able to, like, inherit this empire, she's just going to fucking build her own. And she did. Um, Shang goes to his childhood room and has a flashback as he looks at a post that's got a fucking, uh, you know, worn-out section in it to his dad telling him, hey... You need to strengthen your body and you need to strengthen your mind. It's the only way you can inherit the rings. Um, Mushi Shang punching the post. And then we actually get our next clip, which this is the one long clip of the night, guys. Uh, the rest of them aren't as bad, but this one's pretty long. So let's, let's roll with it. How did you find me? I always know where my children are. I gave you 10 years to live your life and where did it get you? Now it's time for you to take your place by my side. It's not going to happen. American girl. Her name is Katie. What is your Chinese name? Ruin. Names are sacred, Ruin. They connect us not only to ourselves, but to everyone who came before. A funny story. Some years ago, a terrorist from America needed a booyah man to bring your country to his knees. So he appropriated the Ten Rings, my Ten Rings, but because he didn't know my actual name, he invented a new one. Do you know the name he chose? The Mandarin. He gave his figurehead the name of a chicken dish. And it worked. America was terrified of an orange. <laughs> the truth is, I've had many names throughout my life. The Warrior King, Master Khan, 
the most dangerous man on earth. For years, I thought that was all I was meant to be. But when I met their mother, everything changed. She showed me a part of myself I didn't know was there. It was like I was seeing the world for the first time. She gave up everything so we could be together. And so did I. After all those years, I finally found something worth growing old for. My real name is Wenwu. She was the only one who called me that. And when she died, I was lost for many years. But I'm not lost anymore. When you children ran away, I was so desperate to connect with your mother, I threw myself back into the studies of her village, the legendary Talo. I wasn't able to find the secret path to the village entrance, but I did find what they are hiding. There's a gate deep in their mountains. Your mother is waiting for us there. I know this is a lot. I might not have believed it if she didn't tell me herself. What are you talking about? I was sitting right here in this seat, deep in my research. And she spoke to me. It was like she was standing in this room. I could feel her breath on my cheek and her hand on my back. She told me she needs my help. To do what? to save her from her people. After we fell in love, your mother wanted us to live in Talo. She asked permission from the elders and they refused. They said I wasn't worthy. She would still be with us. We would all be living there together. Talo did this to us. They locked her behind that gate to punish her. Don't you see? She's leaving clues for us. She wants us to find her and bring her home so we can be a family again. Dad, Mom's gone. She's not talking to you from behind a gate and she's not leaving any clues for us. Then what are these?
has a direct path through the forest that only opens once a year. To get through, you need to know the route and the exact time it opens. Now I know both. Three days from now, we will rescue my wife from her prison and bring her home. into our mom's village with this bullshit. I mean, do you have any idea how insane So that was the uh, the long clip of the night. But it was basically the entire fucking plan of this movie. So it like didn't really have a natural breaking point in there. <clears throat> um, we get a little back history into Wenwu and what he's all about. Um, you know, he does break down the plot of Iron Man 3. Where they have <laughs> a guy who named himself after a chicken dish impersonating him. Um, the coolest part of though this of this entire fucking uh, scene though, is when he takes the dragon pendants that is from his children and puts them in the eyes of the Mm -hmm. dragon in the courtyard. And it does this cool fucking water effect where the water comes from both sides and like surrounds them and then falls to the floor. And it creates like a three dimensional map of the, uh, the forest they need to go through to get to Talo. I read that the, uh, the VFX supervisor for all the Marvel movies, he was so excited to do that because he was so tired of just doing like the holographic map shit for all the other <laughs> Marvel movies. So when they came up with that idea, he was so excited to do it. And I can totally understand. Oh, why. I bet something fucking new, like not the same mm-hmm. boring ass bullshit yeah. over and over. Exactly. And over. We're going to do something really cool here. And he did. Yeah. So when uh, Wu, like, um, he thinks his wife is being held behind this gate in Talo, like, even though he does see her dead, um, he's still like, Mm-hmm. thinks he's being there to punish him because you know he's he's who he is um so he's like we're gonna go get her and the kids are like dude you're fucking nuts <laughs> and, uh, yep and uh he's like oh you want to fucking stand against me go to jail don't pass go collect two hundred dollars <laughs> um so he's later sitting in his office and we hear you know lee's voice come across with whatever you know the chinese translation is but it's basically like Come help me, save me, I'm stuck. And he, and you know, you see him like really, um, you know, yeah, we gotta do this shit. Uh, we then flash to a, uh, a jail cell um, in like, it looks like an underground cave system. And uh, Shang, Katie, and Shu are talking. Uh, Katie wants to know, is this shit actually true? Like, what the fuck's going on? 
Um, I like how she plays the role of like the person, like the observer in this movie. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Sean's like, I don't know. And she wonders, what if dad's right? What if that is mom? And Sean says, it doesn't matter. We need to get to, Tal- uh, to Talo first. Cause if we don't stop, they're going to destroy everything. <clears throat> Um, and all of a sudden they hear some noise and I had to pull this clip. I, I know it's back to back. I'm so happy you did. But there's no way I couldn't pull this clip because it's so yeah. fucking brilliant. You have to. Yeah, here we go. the actor from Liverpool. Wait, are you the governor's kids? I've been preparing a monologue for your homecoming dinner. Oh, where's she gone? Why are you down here? Well, some time ago, I was offered the role of a terrorist. I know, facile, trite, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> but times were lean, you know what I mean? Anyway, the producer told me he worked for the BBC, but ironic twist it turns out he in fact was a terrorist and i wasn't playing a character at all but what i now recognize to be a rather unflattering portrait of your father (laughs) we all got our just desserts the producer got blown up by iron man and i served time in federal prison which turned out to be the best thing for me i got clean i rediscovered my passion then my dad broke you out exactly to kill you exactly (laughs) but just as his men were tying me up for my execution i launched into a performance of my macbeth whence is that knocking wait duncan with their knocking i wish they could <laughs> they couldn't get enough of it i've been doing weekly gigs for the lads ever since so you're like his jester i can give you a quick preview if you like nuncle 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 uh, thank you trevor i think we're okay right now we really just need to find a little what the hell oh oh what is that what is that oh who what's what that 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 what is that you can see Morris. Morris? <laughs> oh, Morris! They can see you. You're real. All this time I thought I was hallucinating him. <laughs> oh, this is such fat news. Where's his face? <laughs> He's a bit sensitive about that. <laughs> oh, really? Morris says he knows who you are. It, ta- it talks to you? <laughs> if he didn't talk to me, I'd gone mad yonks ago. How would he know? He says he grew up with your mum in Tarlow. Apparently, your father picked him up in some magic forest on one of his expeditions to find the entrance. He wants you to take him home. Believe me, buddy, I would if I knew how. According to my dad, the path that only opens once a year. Morris says he can guide you there right now. You can get through the maze without waiting for the path to open. But, and it's a big but, it's very dangerous. How dangerous? No one's ever made it out alive. But Morris is 90% confident he can guide us through safely. Oh, 19%. (laughs) (laughs) Look, 
I've done dumber things with worse odds. But even if that chicken pig is right, we're still locked in. How did you... Dad has a tunnel system under the whole compound. That's how I escaped last time. Um... This will take us straight to the garage. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fucking funny scene. I don't know yeah. if you guys can hear that or not, that noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What That's is that? the fucking rain on my roof. <laughs> Ooh. Holy shit. That's how hard it's raining right now. Wow. It's been picking up my microphone this whole time. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love Trevor. <laughs> he's so oh, fucking he's funny. Ben Kingsley's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's such a funny fucking character. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole, like, Oh yeah, I realized I was doing an unflattering impersonation of your dad. <laughs> I know. Very, very meta. Yeah, commentary. Yeah, um, and yeah. then they're like, "What the fuck is that?" And he's like, "Oh, you can see Morris." <laughs> 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 and it's a weird, like, faceless chicken pig. Chicken pig. Uh, it was. It was a smart, I, you know, a smart direction to go. I remember when they announced the cat? Like, who doesn't love Ben Kingsley? But when they announced that he was going to be the Mandarin in an Iron Man movie, yeah. Just, the general consensus is like, well, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But then we get the payoff of this movie, so it worked. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a it's a beautiful little bit of retconning. I'll give him that. Yeah. I wanted to pull all of the Trevor clips for this movie, but I didn't just because like it would have been too much. <laughs> but every time he talks, it's fucking comic gold. Yep. <clears throat> um. So uh, they decide they're going to escape. And they go to the garage and grab a set of keys that says RZRFST, which they have a razor fist. <laughs> and they get into what has to be the ugliest car I've ever seen. And I have seen the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's this stupid fucking electric BMW that has teeth and fucking like um, flea market spray painted razor fist on the side. Yes. Yeah. Like graffiti. Um they're trying to escape the garage, and they end up getting into a chase inside the garage. Uh, they realize they need a handprint to get out, so Sean grabs one of the motorcycle riders, and Zhu ends up knocking him out, and they use his hand just in time to open and close the garage door. Um, Wenwu is watching him on camera, and he says, don't worry, he'll, he'll get them back when he goes to rescue their mom. They'll, they'll understand. Um, and uh, now... Uh, you know, they're, they're ready to leave at dawn. Razorfish says, the troops are ready to leave at dawn. Let's let's go fucking do this. Um, I didn't pull the clip because I just literally pulled a clip. But uh, Ben Kingsley, uh, as Trevor, is going on and on about acting and why he became an actor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, my. Um, they put those apes on the horses. And then I realized they were just acting. And that wasn't to be an actor. <laughs> so you, like, thought that, you thought they were apes? <laughs> I was fucking actual apes and planet of the apes yeah. but they were acting but they were acting <laughs> um and then like the song's like uh how long is it gonna take for this to happen he's like oh these things are mysteries we'll never know and then all of a sudden you hear more and he's like all right go now <laughs> um and as they uh, start to drive into the forest the trees start moving around them uh, they're going cautiously, and Morris is like, you may want to speed up a little bit. Uh, and we have, um, of course, Katie driving because she's the, the, the driver. Um, the trees start to close in all around them, and Morris is giving the directions like, turn hard right. 
uh, trees open and, and close around them. And um, Trevor explained, what you need to do is you got to stay in the pocket. If not, the forest will eat you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're cutting it close, you know, and uh, at the very end, they end up like the forest closes, but they burst through the last set of trees and end up fucking coming into a pond. Um, and uh, Trevor's like, hey, Morris says drive through that waterfall and we're there. Uh, this is when I spotted the playlist on Razor Fist Radio, <laughs> which was titled Razor Fist Jams. Oh, God. Eric, did you see it too? I did. I did. Some of the songs in this playlist, which I got to say has decent taste, include Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden, Tommy the Cat by Primus, <laughs> Come Out and Play by The Offspring, What I Got by Sublime, in Vaseline by Stone Temple Pilots. I love it. That is a good playlist. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I want to get back into the fact that I hate fucking Razor Fist because why do they need generic ass white dude? Like, he's basically Claw. But, like, like could yeah. they not have put, like, an Asian actor in this job? Mm-hmm. And it would have been I better? Think they, I think they could have. You know, if I'm playing devil's advocate and they're trying to appease you know, the comic book fans thing. And nobody gives a shit about this character. I mean, it's such a Eric, if that was the case, then why is Samuel L. Jackson fucking Nick Fury? Well, the reason for that is a comic book series known as the ultimates. So it was Marvel comics. Nick Fury was always a white guy. And then the ultimates came out in the early two thousands and they reimagined all your favorite characters. And one of them was, uh, Nick Fury and they modeled him after Samuel L. Jackson they didn't ask him per, per, uh, permission it was just this is how we're going to draw him and that sort of birthed the idea of like could we really get this guy to play the character it's one of those you know it's kind of like uh, the boys with uh, what's his face uh, Simon Pegg yeah not not sure if you're aware of that but uh, the main uh, what's his name forget but the uh you know your your entry in that main character he was modeled after simon Pegg, and so when they made the tv show they brought him in to play his father because he was too old yeah at that point Mm -hmm. yeah um but i still wish wasn't random ass white dude yeah i'm with you well we have too many white actors already we we, you know we didn't need it in this movie i think it's the kurt russell effect in big trouble in little china why (laughs) What do you mean, partner? And his acting was almost as bad as Kurt Russell's. <laughs> oh, please. We are here to stand for the Ten Ring. All right, we need your help. Fucking <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. stupid. Um, so uh, they exit the waterfall through a water glory portal, and they're in another universe. Um, I prefer my glory portals to be wet, too. It's way better. Um uh, Trevor thinks that there are birds that are on fire, but Morris tells him that that's normal. <laughs> oh, the scene, the part of this scene where they have to stop and the, and the horsey creatures go by. Yeah. And Trevor goes, and I, cause I just that's read this tonight horse. and I love that. He goes, why is it looking at me? <laughs> he says that because he's in this, he's in his British gangster movie called sexy beast. And there's a scene in that movie where they're stuck on a road and a goat crosses and the goat stops in front of the car and stares right at him. And he, and he says, why is it looking at me? So they, they let him say that in this movie, just as an homage to sexy beast, which is a fucking amazing British gangster movie, by the way. 
Ray Winstone and uh, and Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Mm. Um. So uh, this is basically a fucking Pokemon. Is what this is <laughs> like. It's all these weird yeah. Pokemon creatures. I know. They even have the fucking Nine Tails in there, which I'm like, okay, I, I get it. This is Pokemon. It's um. Morris sees some other creatures that looks like him and makes this weird fucking noise. And that's when the weird (laughs) dragon horse thing comes in front of him. Mm -hmm. Um, They pull up to a village and this group of people come out to meet him. Uh, Shang gets out and says, hi there. I'm Su Shang-Chi. This is my sister, Shu Shaling. We're Ying Li's children. And this is my white friend, Katie. (laughs) Because she doesn't speak Chinese. Um, the, The leader of the group says, get in your car and go home. Shang's like, no, no, you don't understand. Um, all the warriors get into a battle stance, at which point a uh, woman walks out and says, Guangbo, what are you doing? Put down your weapons. Shang-Chi, Xu Shaling, I am your auntie nan. I've waited so long to meet you. You look just like your mother. And then she ends up hanging Xu and hugs, hugging Xu and Shang. Uh, then Katie introduces herself, along with Trevor and Morris. Um, this is a nice little touch of scene. And this, of yes, course, is uh, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Which yeah. is fucking great actress in literally mm-hmm. everything. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Everywhere. Can't, can't get all enough of her. Everything, <laughs> everywhere all, she's just like uh, James Hong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that leads us into our next clip, which is the introduction to Talo and a little bit more uh, exposition and backstory. We don't have much time. Our father's coming. Our people have been here for over 4,000 years, preparing for something we hope will never happen. We are the keepers of the dark gate, sworn to protect this realm and yours from the evil that's locked behind it. Our dad is coming here to open that gate. He thinks you're holding our mom there. Why would he think that? She told him. He says he can hear her asking for help. Is he wearing the rings? He hasn't taken them off since she died. What do they have to do with all this? The realm of Talon stretches far beyond the shores of our small village. We have cities that surpass any in your universe, rich with culture and history. Thousands of years ago, all of our people lived in peace and prosperity until the attack of the Dweller in Darkness. He came with his army, devouring every soul in their path. And with each kill, they grew stronger. After decimating our largest cities, they were headed to your universe to do the same. The leaders of Talor sent their strongest warriors here to stop them from reaching the portal to your world. But our ancestors were no match for them. Until the Great Protector joined their fight and turned the tide. Together, they pushed the Dweller and his army into the Dark Gate and locked it behind them. Our people have guarded that gate ever since, empowered by the magic of the Great Protector and the gift that she gave us.
dragon scales. Makes very good armor. Your father isn't the first to come here to open the dark gate. Many have tried and failed over the centuries, and they all had one thing in common. They were lured here by the voice of something on the other side. A voice that promised them their greatest desires. So you think soul eaters are talking to our dad? They know the Ten Rings have the power to break them free. Here you go. Oh. She's Okay. Um, looks like I'm gonna go deliver some dragon arrows. You're gonna deliver some dragon arrows? Yeah, might as well be useful. Thank you. Let's go see your mother. <laughs> <laughs> You guys know exactly what you want to do, and you spend your whole life getting really good at it. I wish I was more like that. It's like every time I get moderately good at something, I just quit and start something new. But I just know my own limits, and I'm not going to waste my time chasing something that will ultimately be a disappointment for me. That's not me. You were everything to her. She knew that one day you would find your way here and asked me to prepare something for your arrival. It's easy to feel alone in this world, but you're not. You are children of this family, and I welcome you home. So we get a nice introduction to Talo. A little bit of the, the history of like who they are, where they come from. Their people have another Wakanda-type city that no one knows about. <laughs> uh, we get an introduction to the main villain of this movie. I know it's weird because like Wenwu's kind of like the villain, but he's not really the villain. Uh, the real villain is the Dweller in Darkness, who's this giant Cthulhu-type creature that lives behind this gate. And that um, was my mom's nickname when we were growing up. Cthulhu-type creature? <laughs> The no, 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 Dweller in the Dark. Oh. <laughs> um, and it basically is a gigantic soul sucker that just eats the fucking life of everything. Um, and, uh, you know, Shang's mother, like, knew they'd come there one day and knew exactly, like, you know, even though she died when they were kids, what size clothes they would wear to the fucking stitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 101 and 14 million, so. Hey, it's old magic. It's magic shit. Come on. 
Dragon scale Chinese shirt, man. Chinese black magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, we get a little backstory. I love a little bit of exposition here and there in my movies. You know, and I never mm-hmm. I never mind a good telling me what's going on. Um, you know. Hey, the less I have to pay attention, the better. Exactly. Um, <laughs> just wait for moments like this. Now we're, we're treated to some training scenes where it's like, it should be like, it's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill <laughs> of the fight. Um, uh, Auntie Non talks to Shu and gives her her little hookshot weapon. I can't remember the thing's actually called. I always call it a hookshot. Yeah, it's the, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, a over here. Rolpy knife thing. thing. Yeah, it's like the one side's the fucking like thing they swing in the Catholic church and the other side's a knife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they call they call that the choir boy killer. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh-huh. she she starts Those demonstrating her skill with it and tears up some bamboo. Uh Katie's in an arrow training and she shoots a target. Shang walks up on Nan who's doing some uh, her little fucking uh, yard work, picking up the leaves. And he's like, hey, I want to learn how to do that. Um, I want to know how my, my mom actually beat my father. Uh, we get some more training montages. Uh, Shang actually gets handled quite fucking easily by Nan. Um, she's like, look, look, look. Open hand, not closed fist. And uh, apparently the trick was to do that and know who you are because immediately they start to dance fight. And uh, Shang realizes that all he has to do is make the grass and the leaves twirl around and let the flip flip uh, the wind flip them as they mm-hmm, as they attack. Mm-hmm. Um, Go with the flow. Yeah, he sings with all the colors of the wind. Uh, you he, like water. Yeah. <laughs> he's a combo of good and bad, and he needs to stop hiding and just be himself. Uh, we see Wen Wu researching a little more. Um, and he uh, hears Lee's voice and it says, we're going to be together soon. Save me. Uh, at which point he is interrupted by Razor Fist, who says, the men are ready. The passage opens at dawn. Shang remembers his mom, you know, training him as a boy in her dance fighting. Uh, and she looks up and sees more men in the courtyard. And she's like, ah, oh, fuck. What the fuck's going on? Um, the man, the lead man says they're there to repay a debt owed by the Iron Gang for her husband trying to destroy them. And Lee's like, he's a different man now. He he, he has children. They have nothing to do with this. Uh, she tells uh, Shang and Shu to go hide inside. Uh, but she's worried, like, because, you know. Or no, she's not worried. Shang's worried. Like, what are you going to do? You don't have your powers anymore. She's like, I got this, bro. <laughs> Um, you know, cause at first there was like eight dudes there. She might've had it, but then like, you know, the courtyard opens up and a whole fucking like crew of these dudes come in and she's like, ah, fuck. It realizes she, she's outnumbered. She does try to fight them. However, does her little like dance, kicks the sand, the snow up in the air and does the cool, like fighting, you know, crane style. Uh, but she's quickly overcome and killed. When Wu comes home. And he uh, ends up discovering her dead. And uh, Sean's sitting there with her, like, crying. Um, Sean also uh, tries to console Shu uh, before he goes to see his father. And Wenwu says she was wrong by trying to change him. If he hadn't taken the rings off, they never would have dared to do this. Now they are going to pay for this. Uh, This is, like, another one of those, like, crazy scenes. He takes Sean and says, can you help me? 
And uh, he puts the rings on and rolls his sport coat up, which I fucking, it's a good look. I'm not going to lie. Like the sport blazer rolled up with the fucking <laughs> rings in your arms. I'm down with that. Um, but uh, he, they go into this like weird, like fucking casino room. And uh, he sees some men sitting at a table and approaches them and just starts to fully wreck shit. He asks where their boss is. Um, and then looks at Shang and after he kills most of them says, you know, blood debt must be paid by blood and, uh, says, can you, uh, give me a hand? And which point Shang's like, yeah, I can. Uh, we get a little bit older, not like full age, but a little bit older and uh, when we was giving Shang a knife. Um, and we actually go back to a flashback at this point from Sean himself, which I do have as a clip. Did you guys want to talk about any of that stuff I just talked about though before I do that? No, you can roll. All right, well, here we go. We found the man responsible for killing your mother. It is your right to finish this for both of us. And when you return, we will rebuild the Ten Rings to what it once was. you to be an assassin when you were seven. He sent you on a hit at 14. You realize how messed up that is, right? My mom is dead because of him. And now he's coming to destroy her home. But what are you saying? I'm gonna do what he trained me to do. I'm gonna kill him.
So, uh, Katie and uh, Sean are having a heart-to-heart, and uh, he's like, look, you don't really know who I am. I'm a fucked-up piece of shit. I, you know, lied to you my whole <laughs> life, but uh, we're still friends, and uh, this asshole, this motherfucker, he made me do this shit. I'm ready to fucking kill him. I can't do this shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, like, sees it in him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's not fucking around. Like, he's real. So much trauma, man. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah, it really is. It's dark as fuck, too. He's like, I got to kill my dad. Yeah, they, uh... I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how this movie makes me feel. It's not a feel good Marvel movie at this point. It was with Ben Kingsley and the weird thing with no face and the wings. And, uh, it's a real roller coaster of emotions, man. Yeah. But so much like about family and trauma and like, you know, uh, having a weird relationship with your dad. Yeah, well, I mean, your dad's training you to kill people, so <laughs> yeah, fuck with your head. Trust I from experience again. I speak. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Fuck and the crazy part was like the first like so many years of his dad life. His dad was fucking uh, you know father of the year, and then like all of a sudden he became like killer. Yeah, he was playing Wii Sports with his family, so I caught that. That yeah. was a nice little touch. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they guys. they played some uh, fucking Dance Dance Revolution too. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if he stopped to talk about what Puck Man is. <laughs> um it's the next morning now and all the Tolo the Talo warriors are outfitted. They're ready for the attack. Uh they see the, you know, the oh those birds are on fire flying around. And uh <laughs> like oh he's here. Apparently when the firebirds go up, like, you know, it's time. Um Katie's like told like, hey, hey, hey. You're not really ready yet. You need to chill. Uh, and we see the convoy rolling. And they'll have actually a quick clip of, uh, you know, Wenwu coming there to address the Taloians. Are you here to help the people holding your own mother captive? She isn't back there. You're being lied to by a creature who wants to destroy us all. Is that what I told you? I know my wife's voice. I miss my sister as much as you do, but this is not the way to honor her memory. Did you honor her when you turned her away from your gate? Let me pass. We cannot do that. So yeah, he's not there to fuck around. He's like ready to go. Um, I like how when uh, Guangbo's like, "Hey, hey, get the fuck out of here!" He's like, um, "Shut your mouth, young man." <laughs> and uh-huh. the irony is like, Guangbo looks like an old fucking man, and you know, Wenwu looks pretty young. 
but uh, he's over 2,000 years old. So, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, from experience, 2,000 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is this motherfucker? How old is this motherfucker? Um, at this point, the battle commences. Um, there's these cool fucking giant lion things that I really like. Uh, they're like just eating the fucking soldiers that are trying to shock him. Oh, I love those lion things. Yeah, they're fucking so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, you know, Nan decides she's gonna fight a uh, fucking death dealer, the Kabuki warrior. Um, and uh, Shang ends up following Wenwu, who's just basically walking through the middle of the battle. He's not fighting nobody. Um, Razor Fist gets into a fight with Shu. Uh, and then um, I do have another quick clip here because this is right. We're going to have a couple random succession quick clips because it's, you know, Shang and his father talking. Uh, but we do see Wenwu lighting an incense for Lee. And Shang approaches him, and this is what happens. Are you planning to stop me all by yourself? I'm not afraid of you. Yes, you are. You've spent your entire life afraid. Always running. Pussy. Always hiding. You were there when they came for her, and you did nothing. You stood at a window and watched her die. standoff there um what is it called a, a chi- little bit of a standoff a chinese standoff is that- <laughs> oh, god damn it that's I, what they I said in the last movie too. yes they did I, I love how um they handled 
Shang-Chi, his costume, right? Because he's wearing like a thriller jacket made yeah. out of fucking dragon scales, but just black jeans and Jordans. Like that's his. It's yes. pretty dope. It's his superhero ensemble. And it works because it's, you know, I think it's intentional. Like if you notice earlier in the movie when they show his like garage apartment, he's a sneakerhead. Like he's oh, yeah. got a mm-hmm. bunch of sneakers. So he has like this american western influence on like his style and everything and uh to see this very authentic like you know kung fu movie scene in there in this you know idyllic you know fantasy environment and he's still rocking like the the jordan highs it's pretty cool it is pretty cool um and the dad's is like you're a fucking pussy you never could stand up to me don't fucking <laughs> act like you're some kind of big bad fucking bullshit i'll fucking put you back in your place you little bitch um which is kind of fucked up you know since his dad's supposed to like him but you know that's kind of fucked up in this movie you know it is what it yeah, is when he, when he told mm-hmm. him like you just watched in the window as your mother died like that was so fucking ice cold yeah yep Oof. Yeah, you little bitch. Fucking stand up. Fucking, what you gonna do about it, huh? I'll ring your ass into the fucking water. <laughs> and he fucking uh, ring punches Shang into the water. Um, then he ring jumps to the gate, which he really gets a lot of use out of these rings at this point. Um, the rings do the heavy lifting. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Literally. So, uh, yeah, the ten rings. Um, as he approaches the gate, he hears Lee's voice again saying, Save me. And he says, I'm coming, my love. Um, he starts to ring punch the gate and it starts to break open, letting these little fucking like creatures out. Um, back at the Battle of Talo, uh, Nan tells Razorfist that their weapons are no good. Um, he's all like, We are the mighty Ten Rings. We will fuck everything up and da 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 One of the creatures grabs the Death Dealer Kabuki Warrior and sucks its fucking soul out right in front of them as it tries to fucking weapon it and nothing happens. Um, and then all of a sudden, Razorfist gets attacked one. He's trying to fucking slice through it and nothing's going on. Um, and then the, it fucking gets hit with one of the dragon scales. He's like, I think we should join forces. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nan's like, look, that wasn't shit. If the Dweller in Darkness gets enough souls in it, it's going to be strong enough to break through that gate. And then shit's going to get real. Uh, Katie even gets told, hey, it, it, you know, I know you suck, but it's time to fight. <laughs> I know you suck. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what Guangbo said. Um, no, he he showed a great deal of admiration and respect for how quickly she mastered that fucking ancient weapon. That's true. It's like half an hour, and she was like, "Bullseye!" Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody knows where the fuck Shang is. Um, and we start seeing him like sinking in the water. Uh, we flash back to Wenwu, who hears Lee again, and he starts punching harder and lets more and more creatures out. Um, the archers are then lining up to take a shot at the creatures and uh, Shang is once again singing and we get this kind of fucking like flashback of his mom t- talking to him she's like Shang-Chi you have nothing to fear you have the heart of our dragon it will always be part of you I will and your dad too take everything you're given and make it your own I'm so proud of you um, our family needs you go and just as she says go bubbles start coming up around him he takes a breath and all of a sudden we see the great fucking protector come up 
It's amazing. It's like Carol Danvers in Endgame coming in to fucking take out the uh, <laughs> the fucking ships. This yeah. big fucking fuck you dragon pops out and starts eating the creatures <laughs> while Shang's riding it like fucking da- um, Daenerys Targaryen. Never ending dragon. Look at this yeah, thing, man. It really does like that. Not gonna lie. It's like the never ending dragon got fucking uh became uh, uh what's the fucking rapper six nine? <laughs> Takashi oh, six nine yeah. meets Falcor. Yeah, Sakashi yeah. Six Nine meets Falcor is the great protector. <laughs> <laughs> fucking snitch ass dragon. <laughs> uh the archers start firing at the fucking little fucking uh bat things again, and the battle continues. Non tells Shang, you need to stop Wenwu, because if you don't, he's going to let that fucking big thing out, and then we're all fucked. Uh, the dragon uh, takes him over to him, and uh, Shang drops down, and he begins to fight his father, and he's using his mother's dance techniques against him. He's like, look, Dad, I'm going to get you the way Mom got you. And he's like, son, that's fucking disgusting. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I love the next scene. It's like a quick cutscene, and Morris like finds Trevor and thinks he's dead. And Trevor's like, yeah, I'm just acting right now. I'm just acting. Get down here. And then Morris flips over on his back. It's so fucking yes. funny. Um, Shang manages actually to take control of the rings. And he ends up taking them away from fucking uh, Wenwu. And it's pretty fucking dope because they have this epic battle where they're firing the rings back and forth. Um, and at one point, Shang actually collects all ten rings and throws them to the ground. And like Wenwu's like, oh, damn. You fucking... Uh, you know, you, you got the shit down here. Your mom taught you well. At which point, we get this next qu- quick, quick clip here because it's really important to the uh, fucking this movie. I have to save her. She's calling to me. I wish that were true. Dad, please. Family needs you. You have to know. Why do they keep using this fucking song in every movie? I don't fucking get it. Just because someone's dad dies doesn't mean you need to fucking play this fucking song. Look at me. How long did you work on that? I am old. I, I had this plan for all day. Oh, wow. Well, I was once like that you are so now. You know that's perfect, though. That is so great. So, oh my god. Oh dude, you nailed it. I thought you'd enjoy oh, that. The only thing that would have made that better is if you found a cover where they were singing it in Mandarin Chinese. Oh, that would have been amazing. I, I I would try to attempt it, but it's just gonna sound racist. Oh, that's so great. But 
So yeah, his dad dies. Um, Shang watches the uh, the dweller in darkness suck out his father's soul, and you get this fucking like flashback to the happy memories of his life. And just as Wenwu dies, he fucking lets his arms go, and the fucking rings go flying onto Shang's arms. Um, and that song plays because <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't, because they can't fucking help but use that fucking song in everything now. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. No, that was so good. I couldn't help it. Um, uh, and the Dweller in Darkness is about to attack Shang. And just as it does, the Great Protector flies in to save him and fucking pushes it up the rocks. Uh, we get this epic flying monster battle. Um, at which point, the Dweller in Darkness is like, oh, fuck you. I'm heading for the village. And uh, Shang chases it on the Great Protector. And uh, somehow Zhu's there with him now. Um, so, cool. And just before the uh, Dweller in Darkness gets to, to the village, the Great Protector pops up out of the water and starts to take it down. Um, however, while it's like going down, the little small fucking bat creatures fly over and they start dropping souls into its mouth to strengthen it. And all of a sudden, it bursts out of the water like a fucking Kamehameha, um, you know, monster fucking uh, kanju, kanju. Is that what it is? Kanji? Kaiju. Kaiju. Yeah, it puts like a fucking monster and it grabs the fucking great protector by the fucking throat, which is fucking epic, and starts to suck its soul out. And you're like, oh shit. Like, if it gets its soul, it's going to be indestructible. Um, at which point, uh, its little fucking tentacle arms reach out and grab fucking Shu, and Sean grabs her and he's like, I'm not letting you go this time. I'm not going to let you go again. And just as we fucking uh, see that, we see a dragon arrow flying in, which hits it right in the fucking throat. And we realize Katie shot that shit. And we're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Um, the great protector gets its soul back. And then it fucking leads the dweller in darkness down towards the water. and starts using the water as well. It's like, fly, fly, fucking splashing that shit every which way. Um, it's, it's a great fucking battle scene. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's super fucking epic. Um, yes. At this point, Sean knows what to do. He has to get into place to use his rings. And Zhu hook shots uh, the Dweller in Darkness mouth open and the Great Protector yanks back. And as it does, Sean throws all the fucking rings down into the, its fucking gullet. And it starts. he starts to do this fucking epic like sky fucking fight dance. And he's like, you see the rings start fucking like gyroscope spinning around inside of the Dweller in Darkness. And then he does this. And when he pulls it, the fucking rings blow up everywhere and just fucking destroy that shit from the inside. It's like that was the best. Yeah, I absolutely love that ending. It's like it Drax so all over weird. again, fucking killing. Yes, the, exactly. The I would kill it from the inside. Yeah, the rings fucking destroy this shit. Um, it explodes. Uh, it's amazing. Um, Great Protector catches Shang as he comes down. They go back to the village. Um. But it's not a happy scene. Like, there's a bunch of dead fucking people here. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. lots. Like, a lot of dead fucking people. And uh, Shang sees uh, Katie stumble out, and he runs over and hugs her. And uh, from this point on, we get just the ending clip of the movie. But uh, did you guys have anything you want to talk about this epic fucking fight? Because it was awesome. I no, did just love the fight. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say it was very creative. It was cool to see all of that, you know, uh, Chinese culture writ large in a, a fantastical way but I do have an issue with like the MacGuffin of this whole movie which are the ten rings they're fucking bracelets they're not rings A. well they're arm rings 
there not, there's no such thing as an arm ring. An arm ring is a bracelet. It's like saying a neck ring is not a necklace. First, um, a ring is a ring. It, like, it doesn't have a know. fucking clasp. It's a ring. Get out well, of here. I read something, and you, you would know, Eric, so correct me. I read I read something in the in the comics. They were actual rings on Yeah, fingers, they were on his fingers. Yes. But yes. they changed it because they didn't want it to be too close to the infinity. Also, it, didn't, it doesn't look as cool. Right, it's, it's very uh, Italian, you know. Yeah. Those rings, a yeah, lot of rings, exactly. Um, yeah, they were rings in the comics, and you know the cool thing about the rings in the comics were they were first discovered by Genghis Khan, and it's alien. So it's like he found this crashed alien, you know, this UFO or whatever in China, and when he goes through the ruins, he finds a fucking dragon from this alien race known as uh, something or other. I don't remember. But if you guys remember that big villain from the early Marvel comics, comics, uh, Fin Fan Foom, he's yeah. like a dragon. Yes, that's that what the Great thing. Protector was based on. Yeah, yeah, that thing was one of these alien dragons, and uh, what powered the ship were the Ten Rings. So it was to okay. put that in a movie and to have people wrap their heads around it. Yeah, yeah I understand why they didn't. <laughs> They're like, "Fuck, let's just make the bracelets." The bracelets. Yeah. Yep. He found them in a box. You know, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, so I'm going to play this last final clip here and that will take us out of this movie. Tonight, we honor those who gave their lives so we might see another day. They were more than warriors. They were our mothers and fathers, our sisters and brothers. And though we will always hold on to their memories, Tonight, we release them to rest with our ancestors. A thousand years ago, and a thousand years from now, we will always be together. seriously thought we were gonna die and i had only learned how to shoot a bow like a day earlier now i'm on a battlefield killing all these soul suckers with sean's auntie who's, who's this awesome magical kung fu goddess and i'm hanging out of the great protector with my sister at this point trying not to get eaten by the mega soul sucker oh the mega soul sucker was such a nasty bitch yeah i was trying to eat her dragon soul <laughs> which would have allowed it to destroy the entire universe yeah i only had one arrow left and all i could hear in the back of my mind was my mom's voice saying just take the shot you little mooch and so I aimed right for the sucker's throat and I let her fly. She hit it dead on. And then Sean used the 10 rings to like do this like crazy Kamehameha fireball that exploded the thing and he saved the world. Yeah, we uh, lost some good people that day. We made it. 
you done mocking me? Oh, no, we're, we're not mocking you. So where is this sister of yours? Back at my dad's compound, shutting down his operations. Yeah, his dad was like the head of the Ten Rings for the past thousand years. Two weeks ago, you were parking cars for tips, and you want me to believe you're now saving the world from soul-sucking monsters. I know you're trying to get me back for what I said last time, but I am not going to apologize for speaking the truth as a friend. I really meant what I said, and in fact, I actually think this whole bit you're doing just further proves my point. You guys are obviously... What? Shang-Chi! Shang-Chi. Uh, dear cousin. <laughs> My name is Wong. Uh, yeah, I know, sir. I'm a huge fan. Do you have the rings? Uh, yeah? Yes. Good. Let's go. We have a lot to talk about. You too. Oh. Me too. We should. Yeah, yeah. Um, we gotta go. Yeah. I know this is like crazy, but I'm gonna text you and we'll, we'll do this again. Nice, nice to see you, John. I'll demo you for them. about the shit all over that because otherwise this soundtrack from from the score which is beautiful to the song choices were fucking fantastic that closing song is one of the worst songs i've ever heard in my fucking life it's so i really like it i mean i don't think it fits but i like it the lyrics in that song are so fucking childish and contrived and it's like a cliche of what a fucking R&B song should be. It's, it, oh, the <laughs> Venom. When that song came on today, and I remembered that I, how much I hated it when I heard it in the theater, and I hated it more today. That, oh. but that song blows donkey balls. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know who the fuck sings it. I don't care who sings it. I don't Ooh. care how popular it was, but it blows donkey balls. End of story. Wow. I'm done. I'm done. Wow. I know this song gets me angry. This gets me angry like Troll 2 got me angry. Okay. That's how angry this song gets me. I, I almost, it's almost like a tenth or two tenths of a point off the fucking rating. That's how oh, bad I hate this song. Yes. I won't do that. I won't do that. I'm but just sitting here like it, listening, like, uh, song's funky and it fucking feels that good. That shit. Those lyrics are the cheesiest. That's like if AI wrote an R&B song. <laughs> is what that fucking shit is. Well, okay? I mean, if you can think about like when this is going on, like the whole R. Kelly was thing was going on. They're like, we have to really tame down R&B. We can't like go back like well, no bump and grind. I'm gonna get you to love me or whatever the hell it says. No, it's it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. All right, rant over. Let's get to the, <laughs> let's get to the meat and potatoes of this show. All, All right. right. Well, there are a couple more things we need to talk about here, real quick. Um, yeah. I, I do like that Wong comes in and, and takes them and like they're in the oh, bar so fucking great. bragging like oh yeah I'll keep fucking around and then Wong's yeah. like yeah this shit's real um, we get a mid credit scene we see Wong Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers all like assessing the rings 
and wondering what they are because they're powerful and they're not shit tari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they realize that the rings have a fucking beacon and they're sending a message out. Um, I also like how fucking Carol Danvers like, I got shit to deal with. Can you just give him my number. I know. She gets like the, the harp version of the beaver goes off. She's yeah. like, I gotta go. And he's all like, I don't have her number. Yeah. Uh, they basically get, and then Bruce is like, hey guys, welcome to the club. <laughs> like, you know, you're in. Um, but they need to figure out what's going on with these rings. Like who this fucking beacon is going out to. Because that's kind of weird. And two years later, we don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> yeah. And Wong's like, you know what? You know, you guys might want to go rest. He's got a bunch of shit going on. But maybe. Welcome to Hotel California. Yes, I love how they, exactly. they fucking do the Asian stereotype of karaoke. That was so great. Yeah. Um, uh, then we get a post credit scene in a shoe in her room at the compound. Uh, Razor Fist comes in to tell her they're waiting for her. She's now taking control of the Ten Rings, and we see um, not only men, but women also training. It's pretty fucking awesome. And then the Ten Rings will return, and two years later, there ain't a fucking word about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what's going on They'll here? They'll be back, don't worry. Some of the best content you've put out in a long time, not in a long time, but actually looking back from today, it's it's the best content since 20, you know, from 2021 until today, it's the best fucking content they put out. And they're leaving us hanging without so much as a word about any, you know, expansion of this or continuation of this. You know, it's frustrating. Yep. And on that note, we only got one thing left to do. Oops. I I probably should go back to the uh, correct board here. I am a movie critic by trade. And until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. Ugh. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. You really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? I was on the border. Should I play the Marvel ratings thing or this one? Because, like, yeah. you know. Um, little bit of caveat we have to rate this movie twice today we have to do standard yes. scale and marvel scale because uh, mm. it is a marvel movie even though it's not a master class so um i'll let you go first doug okay all right cool uh so for the regular i'll do the regular one first and i thoroughly enjoyed this movie i enjoyed it i, I remember loving it in the theater coming out of the theater going wow this is great um it almost puts that myth of the origin story awkwardness to, to bed completely because this didn't have any bumps and jerks to me. There weren't any pacing problems because they were telling the, the, the origin story or anything. I mean, the scenes, it wasn't too long. You know, there, I, 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 and I paid attention to that today because I didn't remember when I saw it the first time just to see, but there aren't any scenes where I could say, ah, oh, they, they could have cut out a couple of minutes here or five minutes there or 10 minutes here. 
it's it's a great friggin' movie. Like it's a great and and it covers there. It's a great kung fu movie, right? I mean, you know, reading the backstory on it with with you know them giving shout outs to to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is amazing, and even Kung Fu Hustle, like you know, to, to harken back to those solid rock solid old kung fu movies. So I just I totally dug it. So I mean, this has got a four point four for me. I, I I absolutely love this. Is movie. that Marvel scale or regular scale? That's regular scale. Okay. All right. So it's going to go higher, obviously, in 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 Marvel ratings. Um. So like in Marvel ratings, if I'm looking at my other movies and where I want to place it, um. See now, wow, we got to do a re-rating on the Marvel movies because even some of those I think within the universe are kind of silly with what I gave them. Um. Cause then I gotta go. I'm just looking at everything. I gotta go for like a four point six on this uh, in Marvel no. for everything I for for everything I said. I gotta go four point six because I dug it that much, and it stands up against most of the movies. So, yep, there we are. Nice, Very nice. Eric. Uh, let me start by saying. Yo, I was cruising with my top down 4th of July. I was moving down the block. We got caught at the light. Out my window, I was shooting my shot, watching fireworks in the sky. Anderson Pack. Come on. And I, oh, and that's I Anderson Pack? Oh, shit. And I, and I dig him, but that song fucking blows. <laughs> I, I should have known that because it fucking has that Wolfpack fucking vibe to it. Because oh, he's drumming and, and rapping at the same time. Like I'm very a, disappointed. Like, I'm very it does have very Wolf, Wolfpack vibe. <clears throat> like, oh, it does, but the, it's the that's lyrics, why I like the it. childish lyrics. That's what bothers me. The have most you never about heard it. "Back Pocket" by Wolfpack? Uh, I might have. I don't know. It's a great song, I, but it's literally I, the lyrics. I, I dig are, them, but I, I don't took know a picture and put know. it in my back pocket so I remember you. That's childish too. Yeah, but the music <laughs> is so fucking not childish. Well, it no, matter. that's the thing. I'm not saying for me it's the lyrics. Like that's for see. For me, I'm being honest. Most R and B stuff, the lyrics are childish bullshit. Like, and and th- there's nothing good about them. And and this is the worst of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they can't all be, you know, the 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 good versions of songs which we can't <laughs> sing anymore. Um, can't all be trapped in the closet, Joe. Look, yeah. uh, I, I I almost want to fucking you know sing to you the lyrics of "I'm a flirt" because it's so great. No, I can already tell you that's fucking like middle school childish. I don't understand why a guy brings his girlfriend to the club, freaking with her, with his girlfriend at the club and wondering why all these players are trying to holler at her. Just as soon as she goes to the bathroom, I'm going to holler at her. I'm a dog on the prowl and I'm walking through the mall. And if I could, man, I'd probably fuck with all of y'all. But okay, homie, that song's worse than this one. She that says, song's even worse. She said more she's your like girlfriend. But when I step up to her, I'm going to be like, cousin, believe me, man, this is how them players do it in the shy. But we got them player at flirters in the shy. Now, the moral of the story is cuff your bitch because, hey, I'm black, handsome, I sing, plus I'm rich, and I'm a flirt. Yeah, that's classy. <laughs> cuff your yeah. bitch. That's real classy. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's, nice that's really good. Yes. <laughs> touch that's, on the end there. That's some RB Please. for you right there. Eric, rate this movie. All right. So, Please, uh, save us. <laughs> Shang-Chi. Uh, man, I like this movie a lot. And it's, uh, you know, it feels very, it's said it a bunch of times, but how cool is it that they 
took this ridiculous fucking IP and did something uh cool with you it. know worth celebrating and cool with it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's an awesome middle finger to, you know, kind of the the idea behind it, which was like that that yellow fever thing that, you know, mm-hmm. like fuck fuck you guys. We're gonna take it and uh claim it as something that's ours and, and it's fucking awesome. Uh as a movie that's not a Marvel movie, it's just a regular ratings uh i'm gonna give it a four three 4.3 out of five okay so pretty good pretty good i mean that's that's high man that's high because it checked a lot of boxes man like doug said the kung fu yeah um and the homage and you know just the sort of paying tribute to all these different genre pieces like that was that was really really cool i got i got the same thing out of kill bill you know what i mean just in a different Mm -hmm. way it was like, oh, okay, this is a love letter to this specific thing. Um, as a Marvel movie, even though it doesn't top, you know, some of the other ones for me, and, and I, I profess to you I'm a Spider-Man guy, so it's not in my top five. It's definitely in my top ten, and it's a really fucking great Marvel movie. It's it's a 4.7 Marvel movie. Yeah! Mm. I mean, it is. It just, you know, it... it, it there's no superhero fatigue when you can make a movie like this because that blows the argument out of the water. You're like, well, sure, but this is so original and so fun and and it's a comic book movie. So fucking yeah, 4.7. Hell yeah, I'm with it. Um, We all know I self-profess the love for this movie. Um, I have to rank Marvel movies as as team movies versus like solo movies because like it's just hard to compare them otherwise. Um, Like... You know, everyone knows Ragnarok's my favorite of all time. Um, nothing's going to touch that one. It's just so fucking perfect to me. Um, but this movie, when I first saw it, I was blown away by how fucking like great it was. I, I couldn't wait to tell everybody how amazing this movie was. Like, I, I blew it pretty hard. And, um, and it wasn't just the fact that this came after, you know, the Black Widow movie, which I hated. <laughs> It, it, it just, it was so good and so well done and like the fighting scenes. And I'm a fan of martial arts movies in general. Like I'm a fan of martial arts TV shows. Like, I like Iron Fist because of the whole like mystical martial arts aspect of it. I, I'm like, I love Far East culture. Like something about it just tickles my fancy. I love Japanese cars. I love fucking like the mega cities and ver- like the mix of the ancient and modern in their cities. Like it just, it really is cool to me. And um, I think they did a very good job with this. They casted it so perfectly. Um, they, you know, aside from Razor Fist, who I didn't think needed to be there, we only needed one random white guy in this movie, and that was Trevor Slattery. <laughs> like, <laughs> I won't get rid of him, but that's only because he was the jester and he was getting punished for his crimes of impersonating an Asian person. Like, when's Razor <laughs> Fist going to get fucking per- in prison for his times of impersonating an Asian person? That's what I want to know. And that fucking stupid ass BMW, I wish they would have fucking just destroyed that thing completely because that was a piece of shit. <laughs> but getting back to this movie, I love this movie. I fondness for it. I can watch it over and over and over and not get tired of it. Um, it's just fun. It's, it's it's good, clean fun in a movie. Um, and I love the characters. Like I love the anti villains, and you know the dad as much as like he was the villain, he was also like a man who was in love with his wife and the father of his children. Like he thought what he was doing was the right thing. 
And, like, it wasn't because, like, he was trying to be bad. He was trying to do what he thought he needed to do. And I, I dig that. Um, I like the use of father and son at the end of the movie. I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> um, on the Marvel scale, I'm probably going to go a 4.8 on this one. Uh, because for me, this is right up there with Infinity War, Endgame, and Ragnarok. It, like, it just sits right there in that little pocket. So I'm going to go a 4.8 Marvel scale on this. On the regular movie scale, I'll go a little down just because there's so many good movies out there. And probably go like a 4.6. All right. But overall, well, this is a fantastic this movie. That, that puts this movie up there on the regular scale too. But on the Marvel ratings, it's kind of funny because it fits exactly where we ranked it in our top five or ten. Yeah. Mm. As a movie, it's seventh overall. Wow. And for Joe, it's in his top five and for Eric and I it's in our top seven makes sense nice. so it, it 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 worked it worked well for that yeah you know, one two three four five six seven it's eight for me but anyway yeah so it, it works and it works for us both for for that so nice. very cool very cool I think what is it like number four for me uh, it's tied with a couple of others. Give me a second. I'm assuming in game and infinity two, war three black Panther 4.8 and guardians 4.8. So it's yeah. tied with those two movies. So it's sort of like tied for, you know what, Doug? Yeah. What are you going to do? I just thought of something. Yeah. I have to give this movie a point one bump. <laughs> I have to. Eric brought something to my attention that really fucking matters. There's a banyan in this movie. Oh god. <laughs> That's worth at least a point one score increase. So are we doing that on both scales? Yep. I got a fair right, is fair. So 4.9. Well that puts it third. <laughs> it's your fault, Eric. <laughs> I see. I see that. Four point seven. Okay. I mean, that is a rule for me. If it has a banyan in it, it automatically gets a point bump. Yep. <laughs> I'm not disappointed. <laughs> not right. No, that's fine. So that that puts that that puts Shang Chi uh, in the overall ratings at number seventeen. All right, I like that. So crack the top twenty. Yeah. Four point four seven, tied with a bunch of bunch of other cool movies: Talladega Nights, Baby Driver, Cool Hand Luke, Office Space. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that fits. Yeah. That fits there. Yep. All right, so. Uh, that was uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is also in competition for longest movie name. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, with that left to do, we just got to say thank you to a couple people here. Mo, Mo, Mo. Yes. Thank you to Mo DeWitt. JustCallMo.com. If you were injured on the go, just call Mo. Uh, if a white guy with a knife for a hand slices you, just call Mo. You get karate kicked by a dude with bracelets, just call Mo. If a dragon that looks like Takashi 69 bites you in the jugular, just call Mo. Um, what if your 300's parked at the end of a street and a bus crashes into it? <laughs> that's, yeah, yes, that's definitely mm -hmm, 100%. Mo. What if your I mean, your laptop that you're doing a fucking research report gets cut, on, cut in half by a dude with a fucking flaming blade arm? I mean, listen, if you get it, it I could claim emotional distress, right? Yes. I don't know, the law. Call Mo. 
he'll be able to suss that out for you. You know, I saw I saw a little factoid in in the trivia for that 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 girl would have been able to retrieve her data because the hard drive in that particular model of laptop <laughs> is on the side. That's true. <laughs> so it wouldn't have broken the lap, wouldn't have broken the hard drive. Anyway. <laughs> That would have been an awesome scene after the fact. Like, yes, actually, exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, uh, justcallmo.com. Again, if you have any legal questions or if you need some help, he's the person to call. We got some other people to thank too. We do. We've got our Patreon members to thank. These fine folks—they give us money every month, and uh, we love them for it. We love you all, but we love them extra. And I'm not going to lie because they give us money and they help to keep the lights on. So we're going to read their names. We're going to start off with founding member, Hannah Christ. Feel better, honey. Hannah got the COVID. Oh, oh no. gosh. Yeah, she, well, she went to see Taylor Swift in Seattle and came back with the COVID. So she uh, she took a chance and took her three and a half years, and she finally got the Rona. But she's doing all right. She's already on the mend. So anyway, get better, Hannah. Next, Mr. Peter Bianco. From the Tone Jerks podcast, the second button podcast, the Off the Rails podcast, and the fourth podcast that I cannot remember the name of, I apologize. Mr. Brian Gower from the our co-host from the Just Surprising podcast and the Sharing Maps podcast, Will Lehu. From the Signal Path podcast, the Texas State Boggle Chance podcast, and the Texas Size 10-4 podcast, Mr. Tony DeGraw. From the great state of Tennessee, Mr. Michael McVeigh. From... Uh, my cohort in the love of Las Vegas. We've been chatting about visiting Vegas. Mr. Michael Van Zant, And last, but definitely not least, Mr. Hugh G-Rection. Thank you, Mr. Rection. Visit patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U to support the show, you cheapskate. Yeah. Nothing like being ashamed by a kid. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. If you're if you made it all the way to the end of the episode, here's some things you can do to help us out. Obviously, number one is the Patreon. Again, visit the Patreon, check out the tiers as low as a dollar a month. Also, join our Facebook group. Um, we'd love to have you in there. It's been uh, quiet in the Facebook group because I've been mad at social media and uh, I've been <laughs> actively ignoring most things. Uh, but get in there; it's fun. And also, subscribe to the show. This is a new feed, and uh, all you need to know is that we had many, many more listeners than we do now because we had to make a switch. So subscribe to this feed. The logo is the MOTCU with the old school TV. Yep. That is the logo. And uh, please review the show. Leave a review that helps us out, If whether it's yes. on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast listening thing of... of uh, you know, of preferences, just leave us a review there. And uh, just to put you on the spot, Eric, any uh, any decisions for next week's movie? <laughs> <laughs> that is putting me on the spot. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even thought about it yet. <laughs> um, maybe we need to reach out to uh, to Tony and see if he's available to do uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think oh, it's time. I think okay. It's time. I'm going to reach cold. out and see. Shadow Band. Uh, shadow band but no promises because i don't know the man's schedule he may not be available so we we promised we wouldn't do it without him so we'll see yeah. we'll see i still haven't watched a movie ever so that'll be fun oh cool 
Well, if we do it and and you get a chance to watch it this upcoming week, I think you'll like it. I think you will. I yes, probably I will. I think you will. I think you will. I probably will. Um, any Channing Tatum and female Ghostbusters? No, no, no. Or I'm no. sorry, Chris Hemsworth, not Channing Tatum. Chris no, no, Chris Hemsworth. Well, no. you know, just went down a peg already. Channing Tatum that's why. made that female Ghostbusters better. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I had to say it. If they had I him had and Hemsworth, maybe. Oh, God, I would have just, I might have just lost it in the theater. Yeah, yeah, it's a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Although he did provide one of the funniest moments in that movie where he was designing the logo for the team and he just drew the ghost with tits. <laughs> like, that was pretty funny. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But if you if you want, if you really want to know what we're going to do ahead of time, maybe we'll start posting it in the Facebook group as an incentive for more people to join if you care about that sort of thing. Or yeah. maybe not. Maybe I'll just I'll just say I'm going to do it and I'll never do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyways, on that note, there's only one thing left for us to do, and that's a big old lights camera fuck off oh hey there uh, it's me your buddy Eric and I am here to remind you about the monthly art show at Hourglass Brewing in Longwood Florida every month there's a different theme sometimes movie related sometimes not we've had MCU we've had Star Wars we've had John Carpenter and all of these amazing local artists will contribute to the show the art will be hanging all month long, but the best part is that you have the ability to purchase any of that local art and bring it home. Uh, again, check out Hourglass Brewing in Longwood, Florida, and tell them MOTCU sent you.